0: This is a Shock Podcast. Shock. Hello, and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that fancies a bit of tennis right now. <laughs> With me is Nicholas John. Hello, hello. He's a master of the verbal serve and volley. I am Faisal American, whose grunting is compared to Maria Sharapova. Karami Kamil is not here today. He's currently detained by Australian immigration officials. Spoiler alert for what our main topic is going to be. So let's get to it, shall we? Now, at the time we're recording this, Tennis world number one, Novak Djokovic, is still in Australian immigration custody. Uh, First, uh, we'll try to summarise what happened. So for a while now, um, there are question marks about Djokovic's uh, vaccine status. And uh, previous comments hinted he's one of those people, if you know what I mean. Now, Earlier this week, uh, he said he got a medical vaccine exemption and will be playing at the Australian Open. This led to a flood of criticism on social media, with uh, Djokovic being accused of getting preferential treatment. Turns out, the exemption was uh, given by a panel appointed by Tennis Australia, the organiser of the Australian Open. This means that the exemption was only valid for the tournament and uh, he needed more to actually get into the country. So, uh, long story short, he was detained by Australian immigration at the uh, airport, who said that he didn't have a valid exemption and uh, his visa was cancelled. Uh, this pretty much sums it up, right? Uh, whatever it is, this would definitely make a great episode of that uh, Australian Border Force reality show. <laughs> yeah, it will. But it's an, it's an
1: absolute fiasco. Look, whatever your opinions about Djokovic, and everyone has an opinion about this guy, yeah? uh, what has happened to him is an absolute disgrace. I know some people will try and argue and say, oh, who does he think he is, trying to get exemption, rules are rules and all. But the fact um, is, like, <laughs> well, but, but, but you see, but, but the fact is, like you mentioned, the world number one of a modern, well-run, well-organized sport like tennis is now sitting at an immigration facility, and it, this, this is the worst possible thing that could happen. The worst possible PR for the sport and for the Aussie Open organizers, regardless of of who's at fault. And and while we're talking about fault. I personally feel that a lot of the fingers should be pointing at Tennis Australia, uh, the the, the, the uh, organisers, because they were the ones who entertained the idea in the first place of granting Djokovic mm-hmm. a vaccine exemption. They were the ones who gave him the exemption in the end. And according to some sources, they were also the ones who were already informed by the Australian government that prior infection is not a basis for the vaccine exemption, because apparently that's what Djokovic uh, tried to do. He tried to say, oh, I I got COVID, so therefore I already have antibodies and I don't need the vaccine. That's according to reports, that's what he tried to do. So, you know, knowing that this is not a basis for the vaccine exemption to be allowed into Australia, Tennis Australia went ahead and said, oh, no, he can play anyway, without the vaccine. So I don't agree that Djokovic should have been granted the vaccine exemption in the first place. But I also don't think it's fair that he was told he could play and then suddenly finds himself in trouble, you know, with the law when he lands in
0: Melbourne. Uh, That is a good point. I mean, like, geez, read the room, Tennis Australia. I mean, you know that Australians are pretty much pissed off about the whole COVID thing. They had one of the longest lockdowns in the world, right? And uh, it is an Australian government election year, so they should have seen this happening.
1: Yeah. And and from the reports that we've read so far and all that, and, and, and you can k- kind of assume also, like you know, that the organizers were trying to save the tournament from losing the world number one, losing the defending champion. But but I don't think they were expecting the kind of public backlash that, that came from it, you know? And like you said, the Australian government also they saw the backlash and they said, Well, okay, no way, we're letting him in now. So Djokovic unfortunately gets caught
0: in the middle. As you mentioned, right, um, his exemption said that, um, allegedly he had COVID in the last six months. If that is true, it means he's gotten it twice already. You'd think that would be enough for someone to say, hmm, maybe this vaccine thing's not a bad idea after all. All of this could have been resolved if he had gotten that little prick like billions of other people instead of being one himself. <laughs> Of course, uh, Djokovic is appealing this decision in the Australian courts. Uh, For me, the only time you can use Djokovic and appealing in the same sentence (laughs) and a verdict could be decided by next week. Uh, the Australian Open, of course, starts on uh, the seventeenth of January. Also, Nick, uh, this begs the question that uh, if his vaccination status continues to be unresolved, right, uh, will he be allowed to play another Grand Slams?
1: Well, I, I really have no answer for this because um, the vaccine mandates for the respective tournaments all depend on the entry requirements for the host country. You know, so whether the requirements, whatever the requirements may be now, they could change by the time uh, the mm-hmm. tournament. Tournament comes around, especially now uh, that we are seeing COVID cases rising due to Omicron and all that. So uh, they may start tightening entry requirements further down the line as the tournaments approach. So it's it, it's a it's a case of wait and see. I think.
0: Yeah, from what I've read, um, I'm not so certain about Wimbledon, but uh, France's president recently said that he wants to piss off the anti-vaxxers. So I guess Roland uh, Garros is probably a no-show. So as for the US Open, um, he may get an exemption to uh, enter America, uh, but New York has a vaccine mandate for indoor sports events. So for the US Open, if they close the roof because of the rain, does that count as an indoor event? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so when the roof is open, you can play. When the roof is closed, he can't. Now, of course, this is not the first uh, controversy surrounding Djokovic. uh, He made that claim about uh, emotions being able to make water molecules more healthy. Also, he organised a series of exhibition matches at the start of the pandemic with uh, zero physical distancing, and it caused the COVID outbreak. Um, There were also his demands during last year's Australian Open. Um, He wanted uh, players under quarantine to... uh, Basically, live a life of luxury. (laughs) Apart from all that, he was uh, disqualified from a US Open match after hitting a female line judge's throat with a ball. For someone taking a claim to be one of the goats of tennis, uh, this is not a legacy you want to leave behind.
1: Uh, no, it's not, definitely. Look, no one can deny the the, the success that, you know, he's achieved on the court line. You know, he, he, along with Nadal and Federer, are truly one of the greatest players of our generation. But like you mentioned, like it's off the court that he's a bit of a troublemaker, you know, quote unquote, especially when it comes to things like COVID protocols and vaccination and all that. So he's not very popular at the moment. And what's more unfortunate is that all this drama about the vaccine specifically, is threatening to overshadow his achievements, you know. Rafa and, and, and Federer, they, they've got their reputations. You know, Rafa is the, the hard worker. He doesn't say much, you know, puts his head down, gets puts the work in. Federer is the nice guy. Everybody likes him. But Djokovic is now in danger of becoming that player where years from now, people will remember him as, you know, oh, that, that anti-vax flirt, you know. And <laughs> if he really is against vaccines, fine. Uh, but I think it would have worked better if he had just said, oh if if only vaccinated players are allowed to play, then I'm not going to attend. Skip the event, mm-hmm. play in the tournaments that you are allowed to play in and and you know leave it at that. you know don't try and get the rules bent to your for your own benefit. you know that's not doing anything to help his reputation.
0: All right, let's move away from Djokovic. Um, On to football. Manchester United lost 1 0 to Wolves uh, for their first defeat under interim boss Ralph Rangnick. We've seen a lot of reports about dressing room unrest uh, recently, and Rangnick is getting quite a bit of criticism. Nick, do you think this is fair? I mean, Personally, I don't think that the rot in United can be fixed in the short term, especially by just one man. Uh, Whether it's fair, yes and no. Yes,
1: because he deserves the criticism. He's the manager. He was the one brought in to fix the problem. Uh, But no, because... We can't expect these problems, like you said, to be solved in the short term. Look, I don't know. I, I was one of those people who thought that Rangnick would be able to bring about some positive changes uh, at United. But I'm starting to have second thoughts. Um, one of the football pundits in the UK, I don't recall who, uh, he pointed out that Rangnik's strength is at the... Developmental or, or, or youth level, you know, he builds teams from the bottom up, and and you know, you train and instill the right tactics and philosophy in these players from a young age. So in that department, there's no doubting his his ability and his achievement. But there are question marks about his track record as a manager of senior sides, you know, because now he has come into a team of well-established players, players who've been at the game for so long and who have such big egos that they are either unable or unwilling to change their style of play and like you like you said you know also reports now of you know players revolting groups of players who are not happy with the manager and all that so that could be also a reason why you know all the promises that he made about the changes uh, are not being seen on the field so if that is the case and I think it's looking more and more like it is, then maybe it's a good thing that ragnick is only the interim manager. Because, look, I'm sure he can do a lot of good improving United's academy and working with the young players and all that. But so far, he has not shown any, any indication that he's able to significantly uh, improve this current United squad uh, from what it was under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Although, to be fair, their preparations and all that were hampered by a COVID outbreak and all that, but... Still, you know, Mm. we're not seeing any significant improvement in the team from from Ole's days.
0: As for the uh, EFL Cup semi-finals, Chelsea beat Tottenham 2-0 in the uh, first leg. uh, So is the tie sorted already then?
1: The thing is, it should have been done and dusted by now. You know, Chelsea had so many chances during that game that they could already be four or five goals up for the second leg. Uh, But it's 2-0. But still a deserved win for what was a very dominant Chelsea sideline. You know, Spurs were simply outplayed and outrun for most of the game. And... For, for for Spurs, you know, one can argue and say that, oh, this is only the League Cup and all that. But even for the League Cup, this Tottenham side were quite poor. And Antonio Conte said so himself after the match, you know, that they need plenty of improvement if uh, they're going to challenge for the EPL top four. And he even added that their planned reinforcements for January, whatever players they bring in during this transfer window, are unlikely to result in any significant changes in their fortunes. So he already seems to be hinting that Spurs are they're going to get uh you know they're going to get a result here and there and, and kind of stumble their way to a top 6 finish and then only in the summer they start making you know proper changes to the, the personnel and all that in which case uh Spurs fans are in for a, a bumpy ride love, for the second half of the season but uh Chelsea on the other uh, on the other hand were Chelsea, you know, they've what we've come to expect from them this season, solid, dependable. Uh, and they'll also be relieved that the whole uh, Lukaku situation has been resolved as well. And seeing how Man City appear to be running away with the EPL title, I think the League Cup will be a good opportunity for the Blues to get uh, the domestic honour.
0: Now, the other semi-final, uh, Liverpool versus Arsenal, has been postponed because of covid Finally, uh, Malaysian divers uh, Cheong Jun-hung and uh, Leong Man-yi announced their uh, retirements. We would just like to say thank you both for your contributions to uh, Malaysian sports and we wish you all the best. And we wish you, dear listeners, all the best until the next show. That has been another episode of the Podball Sportscast. I am Faisal American. And I am Nicholas John. On behalf of Karami Kamil, goodbye.